Hey everybody, and welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a show where we find and discuss the nerdiest news from the last week. My name's Jack, and I'm here with my good friend Austin, and we'll start this week the way we always do. Hey Austin, what have you been up to? Dude, I've been just like hardcore Dark Souls. I finally hit that. Is that ever not going to be your answer? Once Is there I, going to be a time? Once I beat it, I, I, I hate it because I just got into like some PvP. With, okay. Like, because have you like, you haven't played it, right? Uh, which Dark Souls are we talking about? Dark Souls Three. No. There's a covenant system. This is my first Dark Souls game. I should say I got into just off the back. So. Okay. But there's a covenant system that like allows you to like PvP without being like embered, and it like will take you. So while you're playing the game, if you want to like, I'm like a watchdog of Farron. So every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, someone's invading the forest. Like, go go kill them. And it's a lot of fun. But, mm-hmm. like, I finally hit that point where, like, I'm just, like, I always have fun at the very beginning of the game. But there's a point in, with Bloodborne in this game where I just get hooked. And that's, like, all I've been doing lately. Fair enough. A little bit of Skyrim that here and there. With mm-hmm. the, I got the remastered on the PS4 because I love Skyrim, but just mainly Dark Souls. Right. Um... I've been playing a lot of games recently, more than usual. Oh, we were gone for a week, so that's yeah, why I had, I had Sorry about extra, that, guys. Yeah, sorry, everyone. So I had some extra time to get some extra gaming in. Um, I played Tales from the Borderlands, which I adored. Um, which is weird, because I'm not really into Telltale games usually. Like, I, I've made it known before that, like, I don't, I don't like how they control. I don't like how they play. Like, the gameplay's not fun to me at all. Um, the dialogue choices are interesting. Um... But, like, technical issues, like, gameplay, it kind of falls flat for me there. So it's been a while since I tried to get into a Telltale game. But, like, this one was free on PlayStation Plus last month or something, Mm -hmm. or this month, I don't know. They do that a lot with those Telltale games. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I figured, okay, I'll give it a try. And the only reason I did, the only thing that could get me to really play a Telltale game is the fact that it is Borderlands. And I absolutely adore Borderlands. There are a lot of people who played this game and were like, oh, I had no idea the Borderlands universe was so interesting. And I'm like, no, it's always been this good. It's just nobody was looking. It's so well-crafted, too. To me, it's it's amazing. The story, the characters, the humor, especially, which they they have in the mainline games and then this one as well. Um, It's all excellent. And, like, yeah, despite the technical hiccups and the um, the low-interest gameplay, <laughs> I, um, I really loved the story they told, and I really enjoyed my time with it. And also the music is awesome. I like Telltale games. I'll say yeah. it right now. I, the ones I played, I played The Wolf Among Us, which mm-hmm. is probably my favorite. I'll say that. I'm a, I'm a big Fables fan. It's based off a comic book. Yeah. And I, I love the comics. Mm-hmm. I've read, like, 150 of them, I think. And it's really cool, and I, I'm a big, like, Fable guy. So that was awesome to be Big B, Big Wolf, and, like, the sheriff of uh, Fable Town. And I've played the w- Walking Dead Season 1, but I was a huge fan of The Walking Dead when I played it. I'm right. not anymore, so I haven't played Season 2. Okay. And then I think, yeah, I, but my issue, those are the only two I've played. I wanted to get the Game of Thrones one. I'm a humongous fan. You know yeah. this. Yeah. I've said it on the podcast. You've mentioned it a few times, yeah. But I looked up reviews. And it's just like, it's like the illusion of choice. Right. And that's the whole point of these games is that you kind of craft your path. Yeah. But in this game, it's more like you can do anything and you still get to the same spot. That's boring. That's lazy. Especially all of the Telltale games, you're kind of coloring within the lines. They lay out the story that they want to tell and then they let you take these varying paths in between, but you're still bound, essentially, by what they want to do. Well, there's var- there should be constants and variables. Sure, sure. There should be things that are definitely can change, change the story. And I'll be honest, I only played Wolf Among Us once, same mm-hmm. with The Walking Dead. For me, I don't like... I don't think they have a lot of replay value no, to me. me neither, yeah. And because once you do one thing, it's kind of like... It's going to be kind of different. But, yeah. like, when you when I read stuff that, like, it's just like, oh, like, they didn't even try, I don't really want to support that. Yeah. I, I definitely want them to expand on it. And it, it is kind of dated, too. I feel yeah. like it's not... They do need to overhaul some things. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's a well-known criticism of Telltale that their engine is like ten, feels like ten years old. It's the point. one thing holding them back. Yeah, and and they but they're pumping out games at such a clip that like they can't really stop. Yeah, the Guardians and of the Galaxy games coming out soon. I think so, and yeah, if they stop, if they slow down, uh, or if they improve their engine, they might not be able to put it on fucking every single device that can support any kind of video on the screen. You know what I mean? Like You can get it on a Kindle, I think. You, you, can, you can get these games on virtually anything. That's so weird. Uh, you can get it on a BlackBerry. Uh, no, but it's... <laughs> it, 
point being, like, if they improve the engine, they might not be able to cover all those bases. So I, I don't know what's holding them back. I don't know if I'm totally wrong about that. I've never made a game before, but, like, it's their engine is old and it's falling apart. Yeah. Um, but the other game I've been playing recently, the other games I've been playing recently, inspired by our conversation, like, two weeks ago, is Darksiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we talked about it, I had this really strong urge to go back and play it, and I was like, I'm sure I own these games in some form or did own them or something. Uh, but I couldn't find them in my library, so obviously I never bought them for the PS4, or and they never made it available if you had it digitally on PS... You know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. What I mean. Um, so, the collection, 1 and 2, it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, that's definitely worth it. Because I remember having... Like, I have fond memories of the games when I played them, and then, like, playing Darksiders 1 again... Like, I really enjoyed that game. Really? There's, like, a lot... There's a lot there. <laughs> Maybe I just didn't, like, appreciate it when I played it. I think you have to kind of know what you're getting going into it, because it is a little bit dated now. Uh, but the, the it is an effective Zelda-like game that features more interesting mythology to me than the Zelda universe. And that's, like, blasphemy or whatever, but I don't much care for, like... I'm not attached to anything in the Zelda universe besides Ganondorf, Zelda, and Link. Like, I'm, the- <laughs> I'm going to say something real quick. I know it's going to be like very hated. I've never played a Legend of Zelda game I've really fully beaten or wanted to beat. I've, I've, I've played Majora's Mask in a 3DS and uh, what's the other? Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time and, and Majora's Mask to me are the two uh, games worth playing. And I guess now now that the Switch has come out and now that Breath of the Wild is out, everyone seems to think that's like... The game of the century, so maybe that's... I think yeah, that's going to be... That that open so. world, huge for me. But I didn't like either of those games. I got really far on the Majora's. Right. I'm so close to beating it. I have no drive to do it. <laughs> and, like, maybe that killed a creative time for me. Maybe. But, and uh, I just wish I could see what other people see. Yeah, I mean, I've felt that way about games before. I, like... But any, but back to Darksiders, like yeah. the the first one, I played it, beat it, enjoyed it. I would give that game, like, a 7.5 out of 10. I think it's well worth playing. I think it's great uh but i don't think it's like it's not like the game of a lifetime but going straight from darksiders 1 into darksiders 2 i think i really appreciate there are certain things that i really appreciate and certain things that i don't um it's kind of a fun way to track the evolution of the gaming industry because you play darksiders 1 and then it going right into 2 you're like oh this is when everyone was doing rpg elements because the game goes from, like, not an RPG at all in Darksiders 1 to, like, a full RPG in Darksiders 2. Really? Yeah, with skill points. Interesting. Um, equipment, uh, like, like, different weapons, all these different things. And it, it's feel, it feels weird because, like, it feels weird because you're playing as... Darksiders 1, thematically, you always felt like you were playing one of the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, which... The name and the position has a certain weight to it. Yeah. But then, because this is an RPG, you you drop into the world in Darksiders 2, and you're playing as Death, which, again, the name carries some weight to it. Yeah, you're, like... <laughs> but, like, you you have, like, level 1 equipment and, like, no abilities. So it just feels weird. It's, like, these guys are supposed to be some of the most badass warriors in the universe, but, like... Well, I haven't played... Is there, like, a reasoning? Is he, no, like, sapped I mean, power? In, in the first one, War gets, like, chained and, like, sapped of his power, and he has to regain it back throughout the course of Darksiders 1. But in Darksiders 2, you just, like, show up, and you're, like, ready to start doing stuff, but, like, it's it's like you've never done anything before. Which is just been a while. it's a weird thing for me to like pick on, but at the same time, it's like you you don't always feel like one of the horsemen of the apocalypse in this game, whereas in in one you kind of always felt like that. It's kind of like Bioshock Two, where you're a big daddy. Mm-hmm. I know you're an older model, but you don't really feel like a big daddy to like the last half an hour of the game. Yeah, which I appreciate because that last half an hour, last half an hour of the game, like it was a lot of fun for it's me. Cool. As a yeah, as a huge Bioshock fan, but still the worst Bioshock in my mm-hmm. opinion. Not like I would still play it, but you know, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, uh, enough talk about a game that came out like five, six years ago. <laughs> a little dated. <laughs> yeah, it's a little dated conversation. But I, I thought it, I definitely think these games are worth going back to. And if you have any interest in Darksiders three, check it out. I mean, it's not like it's not gonna blow your mind, but it's a good way for me to kill time right now. When I hope I play it. I'm just like, what did I miss? <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, so why don't we get into some of these stories? Yeah, some games of the future. Sure. Uh, well, we're going to start this week with uh, not necessarily a game, but something that might affect all games. The FCC is on the verge of removing net neutrality. Um, and this is problematic because 
Do you, wait, do you know what net neutrality is? I kind of. Everyone kind of knows. That yeah, it's like I don't want <laughs> to be like, oh, I'm against it. I mean, like, I am, but, like, I don't know, like, so, the okay. full So, basically, the, the simplified version looks like this. Um, we currently have net neutrality, which means that uh, internet service providers cannot favor any service or company or individual over anyone else. So, if you pay, you know, if you pay for your internet um, or if these companies, like, have their place on the internet and are paying for their bandwidth or whatever. I don't know how that side works. Um, then the internet service providers just send data back and forth, no matter what. It just it just works the way it's supposed to work. It works the way it does currently, which is great. Uh, but if net neutrality was removed, then service providers might be able to charge a company like Netflix more because they send a lot of data. Do you see how that works? Yeah, so they Netflix, would target like certain would, individuals or corporations. Exactly. Um, so it would be harder for uh, they could set up systems wherein like uh, a large company would have no problem paying for these services, but a small startup company with not a lot of cash in their pocket might not be able to make it onto the same tier as Netflix, and suddenly all competition is removed. So yeah. it, it kind of cre- it creates monopolies or creates way for creates ways for uh, service providers to um, to strangle uh, internet connections to make more money out of either individuals or companies. So it's problematic, um, and this could hurt gaming because. Yeah. Like that that sucks. Yes. Like I mean, like I knew, like I've I heard nothing but bad things about this, and like the worst thing about it is, I know you said it's gonna help them monopolize things. It's, it's like I mean, already it, a monopoly, kind of. Yeah. It's so like they like sue Google Google Fiber in like Tennessee, like all the time, and it's just like yeah, now right, like this is in America. Yeah, I mean, so like your point stands in that like these companies have already shown themselves to be looking for like opportunities. That, 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 uh, power and that stranglehold wherever they can find it. And so giving them more of an opportunity to take control of the internet, basically, which is this kind of inherently free right that we seem to have, like, you know, within certain limits, like, it, it's it's problematic. So what's the flip side? Like, what's the pro to, like, not have... Is there one? I mean, like, I... I mean, there's... So there's arguments that, um, that this... That, like, not having net neutrality could increase investment because there's less regulations. Oh, it's like a free market uh, argument. Yeah, like a libertarian we, thing. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, by taking regulations about net neutrality away, it'll increase... It... Uh, honestly, like... Most people who have looked into it are like, this is purely anti-consumer, pro-big business, anti-little guy. The problem like, with, like, <laughs> ideas like that is that, like, yes, in the perfect world, businesses would would look out and, like, would see, They like, would make those investments and yeah. would have this kind of weird internet trickle-down economics thing, but it doesn't actually happen. Trickle-down economics doesn't really work that way, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's why, I guess, that's where my two cents is with this, because, like, Comcast is already the worst company. <laughs> if America is voted all the time, they don't give two shits. Like, part of my friends, they don't care. Uh-huh. And, like, they could care less because they're still going to – I don't have them anymore, but they're still going to charge $70 for, like, a megabyte yeah. or whatever, you know, being like, oh, here you go. So how this relates to games um, is any – like, so indie companies trying to start multiplayer games would have a harder time paying for that service. Um, there might be a stranglehold on some um, – larger groups that don't want to pay uh like sending data back and forth like or hosting servers in multiplayer games cause it you know it would cause them to use more internet which could end up costing more money which um a lot of people use netflix as an example because it's like you know constantly sending tons of data back and forth uh you might have to pay more for your Netflix subscription or your World of Warcraft subscription or you know whatever it is um because they have to exchange a lot of data now i don't understand how any of this works and if anything i've said is wrong feel free to tweet it at me but i'm pretty sure that's the basic understanding (laughs) of how this is you know so i just figured i wanted to talk about it because like it's a real world issue that could affect games and as soon as you like start to you know look sideways at games like i'm gonna be trying to stand there in the middle being like whoa don't come at games like that games (laughs) is important games is a big deal need these (laughs) So anyway, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say about that, but that, that I just, just wanted to bring that up. That sucks because like that would be really bad. Yeah, and, and like if you feel particularly motivated, you can contact your senator or congressperson, whatever you know, do something like that. or like leave. They have opened the uh, the FCC website has opened like a ticket that you can go and comment on and like kind of leave your opinions that I, I've. And, 
people have done a better job of explaining this than I have, so I would recommend looking up the John Oliver net neutrality update clip if you want to know more. And he'll he'll direct you how to affect change. So that's I'm gonna get off my soapbox. Let's talk about some fucking video <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so Destiny 2, uh, there was an official gameplay reveal trailer. Now, I, I feel like I we didn't really talk that much about Destiny on this podcast um, when uh, Destiny 2 was announced, So I, and since you weren't here at the time, I figured we might as well bring use this as a chance to talk about Destiny 2 and what you thought of the gameplay. Um, personally, it looks a lot like Destiny 1, mm-hmm. which is not a problem. It's kind of what I would expect out of a sequel. Like, I don't know what people were expecting, but it looks like it's going to have the same tight gunplay similar cool abilities uh human slash humanoid people versus big mean aliens uh it it looks it looks pretty cool and maybe hopefully a bigger emphasis on story which was my biggest problem with destiny one's initial release i didn't play destiny because i was waiting for some reviews i'm a big mmo guy Mm -hmm. so give me an mmo that doesn't cost anything month to month (laughs) i'm totally down for that and like a bunch of my friends play this, and they're always like, I'm raiding tonight, and I'm just like, wait, you've raided Destiny? And I'm like, what? Tell me about it. And, like, they tell me about it, and, like, I'm so hooked to World of Warcraft that, like, there's a certain standard I have now. Sure. And um, I really do want to try out Destiny too. Yeah. It looks fun. I love first-person shooters. It looks... It kind of... It feels like a kind of, it, For me watching this, not, like, with much information about any... The past installment, looked a little Borderlands-y. To me, like sure. with the abilities, the guns, and like that's something I'm into, and and I like um, I like Bungie. I don't really like Activision that much, but like they have some things I like. I mean, right. like, they own World of Warcraft, exactly. So, yeah. and this actually relates to our next uh, story, which is that the uh, Destiny Two is going to be hosted exclusively on Battle.net on PC. It's going to go to the same you know usual marketplaces everywhere else, but it will be directly tied to Battle.net, not like Steam or any other third party. Uh, seller and like a lot of people are making this kind of a, a big deal because like it's it's Activision and Blizzard, Activision Blizzard kind of like consolidating and like being like if you want to play our games, this is where you got to go, this is where you got to download, this is how you got to interact with them. So some people have a problem with that. Like right. a lot of people like the Steam like solution. Yeah, I um, like Steam and like I like that all my games are in one place and it's not like. I don't see it a bad thing. I like the battle net the way it works. I, yeah. I, I, I played a bunch of games that way. Sure. And um, I prefer it. And I mean, it's not a huge deal. Like, the, like if you've never played a Blizzard game, you have to download a program that's going to hold your, your Blizzard game. Not a not a deal breaker. I wouldn't say so, yeah. It's not like it slows down your computer. It's not like it's McAfee, like security. You know, it's not going to ruin anything. Yeah, it's basically just a client. Um, but yeah, the uh, so Destiny 2 looks like it's going to be a good time. Um, previous Previous hosts of this podcast have had, like, much longer and, um, like, you know, Fred and Sean loved Destiny so much, Mm -hmm. but, like, I was always the naysayer. I was always the person being, like, I don't like how they released this game. I don't like that they took my $60 and didn't give me, like, a, like, a, in any way decent single-player story, but, like, then they came out with these expansion packs and, like, put in a story and um with a price tag with a price tag yeah i I haven't heard too many good things about destiny i've heard that like look if you like first person shooters you like mmo you'll probably like it yeah but like i heard it was very shallow so i mean i'm tempted to agree with you because that is my that is where i'm coming from i think the generally accepted position on destiny now is that it would be it's a it's a great game that is well worth playing if you're looking for kind of a first-person shooter RPG with heavy multiplayer interaction. I A lot of people attach the tag MMO to it. I don't agree with that. It's not, you know, because and you mentioned World of Warcraft. Like, I've played MMOs. Like, just because you have a shared hub uh, and you can see, like, three or four random people out in the world, like, it does not make you an MMO. Nowadays, I feel like... Well, I, I see, I, um, I've i played, like, Realm Reborn and World of Warcraft, well, the Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. That's the only game I've ever played where I... Well, I, I haven't played enough of it for, for like, in, an actual opinion, but it's, like, the best one I've ever played. Mm-hmm. The best MMO. But in World of Warcraft, they do take that, like, 
multiplayer, multiple people seeing aspect out of the game. They just got away with it. It's like now it's like in like you're like you can only see so many people. You can go like the whole game without seeing anyone for like mm-hmm. the longest until you get to like the current content, right? Which is kind of annoying. So like that's not like super unheard of. I mean, I don't like it, but. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till Destiny Two comes out. Look at reviews like I did for the first one. Right. Hope it's good. I would love to play it. I know my one friend's taking like vacation days with, for the beta, so I'm gonna talk to him <laughs> and be like, "How is it?" But he yeah. loves the first game, so it's probably gonna be like, "Oh, it's so good." Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm honestly I'm excited because everything that they've shown about like the cinematic trailer so far and like the you know it, it makes me believe that they might give a shit about the story this time. And, like, that was my biggest problem with the first release was that there was nothing there. There was nothing that allowed you to explore this incredible universe that they had set up. They had set up all this lore and all this stuff, which was hidden away on their website. Nothing in the game, nothing really in the game made you more aware of the universe that you were playing in. And, and there was and there was so much potential, so much untapped potential there. And, like, they've kind of capitalized on it now, but, like, when it came to the initial release of that game, I was so disappointed. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk about this all day. Um, so, speaking of games that I don't know how to feel about. <laughs> this is, like, my <laughs> element right here. Yeah. Uh, Harvest Moon Light of Hope was announced for PS4, Switch, and PC. Um, it's like a yay. Uh, like, yeah. oh, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's how I feel. Like, uh, like... Harvest Moon is such a like good game. <laughs> they have some of them that are good. I should say. Yeah, yeah. I like. I I used to love playing Harvest. It's Moon a games. strong franchise. A lot of people have strong opinions about that. It. Name carries weight. Exactly because they just have some games that are just such disappointments, and some games that are really good. Yeah. And you know, I've been playing a lot of Rune Factory Four um, on my DS, mm-hmm. and I I went um, to GameStop or wherever I went, and I said like I, I'm looking for a game. It's like Harvest Moon, but good. And the guy was like, we have this Harvest Moon game. It's not good. good. (laughs) He's like, we have Room Back before. It's like Harvest Moon, but like added like some other stuff. And I love it. It's so fun. And like you like dungeon crawling, you like tame monsters. It's cool. I'm cool with that. So when I see Light of Hope, I kind of just like, like, I hope they just copy Stardew Valley. I mean, so that's the conversation that you and I had briefly before we started recording. How does this game fare? In a post Stardew Valley world, I don't know because Stardew yeah. Valley came in and fucking ate Harvest Moon's lunch yeah. and stole all of its money <laughs> and beat it up in front of the whole school. And everyone in the school was like, "Yeah, that seems right. Like, yes, this is a good thing." And like, it's, okay, that's a terrible analogy, but at the same time, like, it's actually Stardew- not. Harvest <laughs> Moon had a growth spurt. It was just big. Like, I'm in charge. No one else. And then Stardew Valley, like, was just, just like young event. upstart. Yeah, one just, dude. It's like da- uh, David and Goliath. Yeah, and, and everyone's okay with that because no one likes Goliath. But um, I, I've watched videos about Stardew Valley. Right. I want it so bad. I just like I'm one of those people that like when I was younger, I have like I have like 150 games on my Steam. Sure, and sure. I have played like eight of them. Right. So like I'm trying to slow down on that, and I'm doing a really good job. And so I haven't played it, but I really want it. It looks so good. If this like there's a good chance down the line this is gonna come out, I'm gonna say, oh my god, I can't wait to get it, and then just buy Stardew Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think that would be... So I have no idea. I have no insider information about Harvest Moon Light of Hope, of course. But I I almost, like... Stardew Valley so incredibly encapsulated everything that was awesome about all Harvest Moons and then did it better that I almost doubt that Harvest Moon now could live up to what is Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley was made as an homage to Harvest Moon, but achieves something that I don't think even Harvest Moon can achieve. So, like, where does this, you know, we're going to have to wait and see, see what the reviews say, but honestly, like, I have Stardew Valley on my PC, and I would sooner play that than pick up a new Harvest Moon game. Dude, if I buy this, I'll bring it over. We can try it out. Sure. See what it's like. We can can play them right next to you. I was going to say, you set up your computer. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, like, oh. Look at but this. Yeah. This sucks. You'd be like, I'm having so much fun. We'll see. I don't want to say it's going to be terrible. I just think it's going to be. It, it, yeah. And like, it's, it's, an, we, we end a lot of stories these days being like, I don't know how to feel about this, but I want it wow. to be good. We probably sound so like, like not 
positive, not upbeat, <laughs> just like being like, these guys are pessimists. Like, I mean, like, we actually talk a lot about what we're excited about, yeah. but like it's just the, the big news we see it. We're like, mm. honestly, like I think this is the reality of game uh, games and gamers these days is that like you, you think we're spoiled? Maybe we are. We but like the be. thing is, we've everyone, every person who's been gaming for a number of years has seen their share of disappointments, seen their share of games that should have been amazing but ended up not being amazing at all, or seen the game come out and be buggy as hell on release, or see a game come out and be just straight up busted. It hurts. It's it's painful. It does. Act, like, looking back, like, I've never cried or anything, no, yeah. but, like, close. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, after a certain number of times being burned, you have to approach every new project with a little bit of, like... Trepidation, a yeah, little bit of caution. It's like so you, true. you can't allow yourself to get too excited about something. And it's a struggle. It's it's managing expectations. It's really hard to do. But uh, anyway, that's that's what we have to do as people who are tuned into this industry. Um, but speaking of this industry, Sega, one of the mayor players in the gaming industry, is planning a remi- a revival of major IPs, according to its uh, recent business presentation. They laid out a lot of stuff that they want to do, but um, they, basically they. They talked about some games that they want to uh, expand, that they want to see become more popular. They want to, you know, increase their revenue. Obviously, it's business, so uh, none of this is a huge surprise. But I'm the reason I bring it up is: are there are there games from Sega that you would like to see grow and have like a, a bigger audience? Are there games that you'd like to see come back? There's um I would love them to remake some of the original Total War games. I've I've heard that like Total I'm a big Total War fan. Okay. I actually want to say this real quick. Total Warhammer, if you haven't played it, I recommend buying it. It is probably my favorite of of the all the Total War games I've played. Mm-hmm. And I a lot I know a lot of people don't like that it's like not historical, which I totally understand, but it has the most like uniqueness out of all the games I've ever played because each individual like race mm-hmm. or faction has like their own separate thing. Like the dwarves don't have any cavalry. They have no magic mm-hmm. versus the um, vampires who have no archers. And like, but they make up with it. They have weaknesses and strengths in different aspects, and that's a really cool thing. So I don't think if if you haven't played a Total War game, highly recommend it. If you like orcs and stuff, fantasy, get it. Um, but that being said, I would love to see like I heard Total War Medieval. I think it is. It was like what regarded as one of the best games. Awesome. Man. Could be like just like nostalgia, but I'm totally fine with that. And I would love for them to fix Total War Room too. It just is such a bad mess. I bought it on like on release date, and like I've never been so disappointed. Mm. Like from Speaking a game. Speaking of disappointment. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's the good. Well, yeah, like Sega's burned me, and yeah. this one me is like, they they have me with these Total War games. They're like the best. It's always the ones you love that can hurt you the most. It's so, they're just like <laughs> the most fun strategy games I've yeah. played, and I, I play with like no pausing in battles, so like it's just way more intense. And like, yeah. I just love, I like put my headphones on, I just zone out and do that for like hours. Total War has always been one of those franchises that's kind of been on the fringes of my consciousness. Like I, I always see it there, and I'm always like, I should really try that one day, and then I move along. It's one of those games you'll start at like three in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then you'll get off, and you'll be like, oh, it's bedtime, but it's like six a. I've done that and been like, oh my god, I have work today. Like, no, but it's so cool. So I'm pretty sure I I remember this um, this relationship correctly. Sega publishes for or like owns Atlas or something. So Persona Five is one of Sega's games, and like that is a game that I have made it known. Like I'm completely in love with. Um, And so seeing more Persona uh, attention would be incredible to me. it's a big deal in the gaming industry, but I feel like it doesn't see a lot of mainstream interest. Uh, just like, I don't think the gaming community at large knows a lot about Persona. They know the name, but they don't know a lot. I about don't know games. much about it, and yeah. most of what I know is from you, and my coworker. Yeah, and I honestly didn't know it was coming out until my coworker said something. And then um, maybe like another uh, game in the style of. Catherine. I don't know if you ever played Catherine. Nope. It, it was a really interesting kind of puzzle platformer life sim where you played as this guy who would go to the bar every night um, and would sit down and drink with his friends, talk about his relationship problems. He had this long time, long-term girlfriend, Catherine with a K, I think um, that he, you know, that was like pressuring him for marriage and pressuring him for the next step of his relationship. And then he's like, he accidentally starts this kind of fling with this other girl, Catherine. Uh, who that's Catherine, gotta get confusing. Catherine with a C. Yeah. Oh, oh that's uh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> and then not confusing anymore. <laughs> Um, and she is, like, really new and exciting and, like, playful. And, like, you know, he, he 
is enamored with this. Oh, come on, man. It's going to fade. Yeah. So, so he, and then at night he goes to bed and he has these dreams where he's like pushing blocks around and constantly trying to ascend a tower. And like, it's all somehow related to like his interpersonal struggle and like what he's dealing with. And it's kind of this exploration of adult relationships. Like what is it, what is it like in the adult dating world? And like how we deal with things and how we discuss like these issues with our friends and how open we can be or how closed off we need to be. Like it's, it's really interesting. And so like, Games like that, I would love to see more of. I also, as a kid, Final, uh, it's not Final Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online Episodes 1 and 2 Plus was a game that I got for my GameCube, and I was completely in love with it. It was this, like... GameCube had some good games. It was one of the it was one of the games that I think you could actually attach, like, if you plugged in your Ethernet cable to your GameCube, you might have been able to play online with other people. Like, super early, like, online interaction. Um, and it was really awesome it was this great rpg with like all these interesting weapons and characters and like monsters and stuff like that i thought it was so dope but like i haven't really been interested in in a fantasy star since so it's hearing them talk about fantasy star again like makes me think maybe i should check out that franchise see where it's been since gamecube um but anyway yeah so i'm kind of excited sega is one of those like long time companies that that you, I kind of want to see succeed but we'll see what happens sega yeah i would love i mean they don't even own sonic anymore don't they? I have no idea. Yeah, I no, think. I'm sure they, do they have to? Well, no, do they? Because I don't know. Maybe because they. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of they. Uh, they have them in the Super Smash game, and I know they. Um, they partner with Nintendo now a lot. Yeah, to, like, I know Nintendo. It's Namco. Sonic. I think I'm thinking of. Uh, Namco. Is that which Pac-Man? Is that Namco? Yeah. Yeah, they I, they own that, but um, Nintendo owns that now. Right. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I get confused with that a lot, but um, I mean, I was never. Um, like a, I wouldn't even say like a huge, like besides the Total War games, Sega for me, like not, um, I would love I w- any, anything good, anything out there, I totally will play it. But sure. Total War is what kind of got me into Sega. I mean, right. I always loved Sonic as a kid, but uh-huh. like, wouldn't say it's, it's like not, mine's Crash Bandicoot, you know, sure. Span- Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Those are like, what's my, some people have Zelda. That's what I got. Right. So that's pretty cool. All right. We got to keep moving. So speaking of games, I have high hopes for, uh, South Park, the fractured, but whole, is on its way. Uh, they released a new trailer, uh, The Farting Vigilante, uh, and a release date. They either changed the release date, they moved it, whatever. It's now October 17th. Um, and also one thing I noticed at the end of this trailer, they said that you will get... Um, what's the first one? South Park? It's Stick the, of Truth. Yeah. Uh, you'll get Stick of Truth upon purchase of this game. Um, so it was, and Stick of Truth was initially a pre-order bonus, like getting it for your PS4 or whatever was like a pre-order bonus for pre-ordering the Fractured Butthole. Now it seems like they're just going to give it to you when you purchase the game, which is really awesome. It's a really, like, honestly, it's a fantastic way to both give context for your franchise and like show love for your fans, like giving them access on a new console generation or giving people a reason to purchase your game even if they haven't played your first one like i'm in love with this strategy um yeah it's pretty cool i've never played the first stick of truth and i've always wanted to it looks i highly recommend it this would be a great way for you to do it no absolutely purchase this and then play both yeah i could get it all done <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely um but i'm i'm super psyched about this game did you have you did you check out the trailer uh, yeah i watched the trailer it looks i mean like i like i haven't Are watched you South Park fan? I used to be, but it's so much now. Yeah. Like I haven't watched it in years, yeah. but I still think it's funny. Like there's, I see clips all the time on YouTube and stuff, being yeah. like, "That's hilarious." I love South Park. They're on the twenty second season, I think. Something like that. I Something think they crazy. Just got, they just announced another one coming soon. Yeah, but like I, I'm in kind of a similar position. I watched a lot of episodes with friends and stuff like that, but I was never a, a truly dedicated fan for any stretch of time. Um, but yeah, I've always loved the humor, and the the first game was both a such a good game and b so funny that, like, I would play South Park games for the rest of my life. If they yeah. keep making them, I'll keep playing them. Any game that can entertain me, I'm down. Yeah. And, like, South Park can definitely entertain me. South Park has some of, the, like, the funniest, like, just, like, messed up situations yeah. you can come. Like, it's, you can't beat that. Yeah, and they're unapologetic about it. Like, it, they, they just, don't care. They make what they make, and they, they know it's funny, and you know it's funny, even <laughs> if you don't want it to be funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, so, don't, they don't care at all. Uh, so speaking of second iterations of games that I'm excited about, the Shadow of War is coming, which is the uh, second game in the Shadow of Mordor. Franchise, yeah, the, guess, with, the like the Middle Shadow, Earth, Middle Earth, whatever. Shadow yeah. of I don't know how to refer to the Shadow of. Yeah, franchise, I guess I don't know. Um, did you play uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor? No, I haven't. 
It's I'm, super good. I'm a really big Lord of the Rings fan too. It's super and good. And I really like, want it. And like it's so cheap nowadays too. Yeah. You can get Game of the Year edition for like 20 bucks. Exactly. Like anywhere. You can like, you can fall on it. You know, I find it all over the place. Yeah. And it's pretty cool and I've always wanted to play it. But I wasn't really into Assassin's Creed. And I heard it's like Assassin's Creed in Mordor. And that's always really worried me because I love Lord of the Rings. It's kind of yes and no. Like so Assassin's Creed has like, so Sh- Shadow of Mordor, you can use stealth to great effect. And it is encouraged. Whereas in Assassin's Creed, you're an assassin. You're supposed to be sneaking around. You get bonuses if you're sneaking around. You get bonuses if you're never seen or yeah. whatever. So I feel like there's a great, much greater emphasis on stealth in Assassin's Creed for obvious reasons. Whereas like Shadow of War, occasionally in Shadow of Mortar, you occasionally like mounts up on like this death hound. Basically, I forget what they're a called. A warg. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was a warg. Or like these giant. Um, these, like, other giant monsters that roam around in Mordor, and, like, you can just ride them into battle and, like, slay hundreds of enemies at the same time or, like, take out these warlords in open combat. Um, So it's not... It's much more direct combat-oriented, less stealth-oriented than than Assassin's Creed, and personally, I think that might have been why I loved it so much. It didn't feel like I had made a mistake when I was no longer in stealth in Shadow of Mordor. It felt like it's a new element, a new opportunity. And one of the... So... They had a nemesis system, too. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. One and that's of the pretty things cool. that got in, that a lot of people fucking loved about Shadow of Mordor was this nemesis system, where, like, if you got killed by an enemy, that enemy became, like, a captain in the army or something like that, because he had just slain, like, the great enemy of their people, basically. So he becomes this really important person. And then, like, if you take out other people ahead of him in line in, of, like, of importance, like, he'll rise up the ranks. You know what I mean? So you're that's so you're cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're affecting change on the the army of orcs and like you can in so eventually in the game you can start dominating these these orcs which means like you basically put put your hand on their face and like they become your soldier uh so you own them so they're then, your property yeah like you they'll they'll if you they'll like come and help you in battle they'll like you know do whatever they'll become an ally to you essentially or like like i said you kind of own them um but if you then take out leaders ahead of them in line you can essentially have your own puppets installed as the leaders of the orc armies which really weakens the whole army as a whole that's a, what's that's the story so fucking cool right that is cool what's like the story here like is it like pre post ordering it's 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 um uh, i know he plays a ranger right yeah you so you play as like the ranger um, like a dunedin maybe i have no idea probably um and, like, I kind of forget, like, your family dies, which is a real big bummer. Yeah. And you get, like, melded with this, like, wraith of, like, the, a blacksmith, like, an elven blacksmith. Oh, those elves. Who was, like, he was, like, buds with Sauron and, like, helped him create, like, the ring. Oh, dude, it's probably, um, I, I don't want to, like, I, I get so confused sometimes. With I names. can't really remember. I hope it's Feanor. That'd be so cool. It actually, I actually might be. That is it Feanor? Like, he's, familiar. like, the bad one. So, like, yeah, you get, like, bonded with That's this cool. guy, and, like, he's, so he's the reason you have, like, magical abilities and shit like that. I think Feanor does make the rings. I'm yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, so he's, like, the reason you have magical abilities and stuff like that and can enter the minds of these orcs to, like, take them over and stuff like that. Um, basically, it's, it's, you know, it's... A really awesome game. I highly recommend you. Dude, I, you, you're selling it to me. Yeah. You should work for these guys. <laughs> uh, so, Shadow of War, they're, you know, it's the sequel, but what they're touting is they're going to have much bigger battles. So you're going to kind of have your own army, and you're going to be going up against other people's armies. You're going to have these large-scale battles. So, I'm psyched, dude. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited. The trailer, it's so, it looks so good. I didn't even know it was Lord of the Rings. or yeah. like the same franchise at first. It's weird. It's almost, it's not super important that it's Lord of the Rings, it's except not. for the the major story beats. Like, the, the biggest, you know, in the biggest story happenings, you're reminded, oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm playing a Lord of the Rings game. Because there's, like, Sauron. Pre, a pre-evil incarnation Sauron. So you see him as, like, an elf in the game. And, like... Or something like that. I don't know. He's like it, a demigod. Demigod, elf, whatever. I don't know. I I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read the Silmarillion, but you should you should check this out. I definitely want to know what's up. I definitely want to see this now. But I'm very psyched for this game. <laughs> um, I'm psyched for the next topic. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to talk. Let's about Let's get this. onto it. So Dude, Far Cry Five. Far Cry Five was initially. I think accidentally announced on like the Far Cry Facebook page, somebody fucked up and posted like the the logo and everything, which is the screenshot that you have here. 
so eventually, the, I think they had to come out and just be like, "Look, it's a thing. Yeah, fine, it's a thing. Like we're doing just it." Just kidding. Course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't make this for kicks. Um, <laughs> Some guy played in Photoshop a little bit and just posted it. But yeah. No, we, I played. We don't have a lot of information about it, so I was going to ask, like, what? Yeah, what's your history with the Far Cry franchise, and what do you want from? I that? played Far Cry Three. Okay. Which was like I think that primal? was awesome. Far Cry. Well, no, not primal. It was Far Cry Three, which was uh, with. Voss, who was the guy who's like, what is the definition of insanity? Uh, it's like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, he's he's like a, a really cool villain. He's the guy that yeah, the, and the voice Red actor shirt. is from um, the guy who does his voice is the guy Nacho from um, maybe Better Call Saul, I believe. Okay, cool. he's a mohawk, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and I also played Blood Dragon. I, Blood I Dragon played is a attached to Far Cry. Yeah, it's like yeah. the same world, just different. Yeah, um, and I played a lot of Blood Dragon. Yeah, yeah, that's like my cup of tea. You make me like you make me a game that's like '80s action, yeah. like Terminator esque. Like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna play it. That's amazing. And like the voice actor was the guy. I think the original John Connor from Judgment Day. I want to say, don't quote me. If I'm right, hey, that'd be cool. But, <laughs> uh, but so, and then they came out with. Um, Far Cry 4, which had a little bit of controversy with, like, pagan men um, and, like, that whole story. It was fine. Like, the, I thought the Far Cry, Far Cry series has, for me, um, thrived on the power of their villains. I thought pagan men was a super interesting, very cool villain. I thought Voss was super interesting, very cool. Um, and the gameplay is just tight as hell. Like, it's just a lot of fun to run around in that world, you know, taking out people with bows or taking down outposts and, like, making them your own. It's 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 always been an awesome game franchise, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with 5. I didn't play Primal. I, I didn't play I Primal. I wasn't really into the concept of, like, you know, going back in time and, like, fighting a bunch of stuff with sticks and, like and stuff but yeah. whatever I mean it's it, it, someone gave it to me I'll I play heard it. it yeah exactly I heard it was a good game I would play it but it, it was never there was no drive to play it but where like what do you think Far Cry 5 is going to be like do you think it's going to be something similar to Far Cry 3 or I Blood d- Dragon or probably I mean all the game like not like the, the kind of the spinoffs I want to call them but like all the games do revolve around like you and like the jungle like an yeah, island drug so, lords or like, yeah it's going to be like that again yeah. I would love for them to try something else out that'd be right. kind of cool like a new environment because yeah. like I've, but like if it's if they do the same thing make it good add a lot more to it it's going to be a good game. You know what I mean? It's, they have a very good history of just yeah. making excellent games, but there's companies out there that have good histories to make a bad game. Yeah. And well, so. I mean, so my concern is I, I played Far Cry 3. I really enjoyed it. Um, but then I played Far Cry 4, and I was like, this doesn't really feel any different from Far Cry 3. You don't think they made any improvements? I didn't play Far Cry they, 4. They made improvements in, like, the general improvement sense, but there was nothing that, like, really struck me as, like, oh, this couldn't have been done in Far Cry 3. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, yeah. So, like, I kind of... You think they're plateauing? I'm, I wonder. I, I hope Far Cry 5 makes a step in a direction I wasn't expecting. Or, like, I hope Far Cry 5, like, I don't know, like, it does something that we aren't expecting, expecting out yeah. of the Far Cry franchise. They would have to, because yeah. I didn't play Far Cry 4 at all. Right. I know very little about sure. that game. But, um, no, I, I don't like that. I want them to do something cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, Far Cry 3 was so, like, so interesting. And then, like, Blood Dragon. I played a lot of Blood Dragon. Yeah. There's, like, there's so much to do there, but, like, not up front. And it's such a good game. Like, if you haven't played Blood Dragon, go get it. It's so funny. Go get it's it. It's so unique. And I just love that they do that. Where, yeah. like, it's just, like, it's, like, a, it feels like a mod, but it's an actual game. Like they were just like, "What can we do with the map we have? All this stuff." They're just like, "Oh, reskin it, and, yeah, make it an '80s action movie. Make make you and like with like that cheesiness. I loved it. It was so fun. Yeah, it was part of the same. Well, yeah, whatever. Let's uh, let's. Why don't we move on to some movie news? Yes. So the one movie story that we have this week, you might be able to speak to better than I can. Hey. Uh, the. <laughs> uh, Tom Hardy has been confirmed as Venom uh, in Ruben Flesher's Venom movie. I don't know. Um, so it's going to be a, a standalone movie all about Venom. Uh, what do you, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about Tom Hardy as a cast? Uh, as like their casting choice? And like, what do you think this, this movie is going to be like? Tom Hardy is amazing. Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors, to be honest. He, I mean, he was even a good Bane, and I think... The Dark Knight he Rises. Did he did his best. <laughs> There's so, like... I mean, my, my biggest... My two biggest complaints with the Dark Knight franchise is... 
Christian Bale's voice as Batman, which isn't even his fault. Like, did Christopher Nolan kind of made it worse. Mm. I didn't like that. And Bane's voice was kind of like, oh, mm. like, oh, I was born in the dark. Oh. It was just like, all right. But um, I really... a cool character, but yeah, I agree. He was my favorite villain because he f- could actually fight Batman. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. And um, But uh, Tom Hardy's awesome. And he, he would be such a good Venom. He's so big and burly, kind of. Sure. Like... Like, like, look at Tober Grace. Like, Tober Grace was the last fan. I don't know who made that choice, but... He should be fired. But, like, he does not have, like, big shoes to fill. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's a low expectation. He could literally be the worst. And I'd be like, bravo. Yeah, like, so, that's so the good. best Venom we have. <laughs> and I love Venom. Venom's, like, one of the coolest, like, villain, anti-hero kind of thing. He's a bad guy, but, like, works with Spider-Man sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, like... I'm not super into like Spider-Man comics, but I love Spider-Man. Yeah, and I love Venom. Yeah, and I like. But um, what's what's his? I think his name's Bruce. Is the character who's like also a photographer. Yeah, and works like with Peter Parker. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just, that is the extent of my knowledge of Venom. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that and alien symbiotes. Yeah, well, it, um, I think the. It comes from space, I think, right? As far as I know, yeah. I like, please, someone message me. I would love to learn more about Venom. <laughs> I would, seriously. I would love, I love Spider Man. He's like the only Marvel hero that I put on a pedestal. So here's what I think about this Do you think Venom as a movie could be the next um, Deadpool? This kind of irreverent, Ooh. violent superhero, supervillain, super person esque thing that, like, is is fun and it's adult and it's like he's a he's a big mean man like <laughs> it probably not, can't be the next Deadpool. I think sure. it could be good. You, but like that, that's kind of the feel I think they would have to go for. I liked Deadpool. I, I, I would say loved it. I would say I love it too. Yeah, yeah. But Deadpool is the number one rated R movie. <laughs> it's it's made more money than any other rated R movie, not superhero movie. Sure. Like this isn't this is common knowledge. That's crazy to me. And so, to me, like, that's, like, the first Spider-Man movie when that came out. You know what I mean? That was, like, like, whoa, what? Like, these can be good movies. These can be, like, super, like, profitable. And um, so that's pretty amazing. So do I think this could be the next Deadpool? No. I don't think Deadpool 2 is going to be the next You're Deadpool. Right. Deadpool. But this could be Deadpool is so like it was good and like but like I wasn't expecting to like yeah. it at all. I was so those are the movies where like that's when like I just like you have rewarded me yeah. for me being such a naysayer. Like I'm sorry I doubt you, but like I went in there I watched that movie and like sure it's going to suck. Like they've been de- 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 like delaying this and there's so many issues and like I knew from like the get go when he's like listen. I forget the song, but he's like drawing a picture. Yeah, yeah. And he's like crikey, like talking. I was just like, oh my god, no! Like this, this can't be as good as I think it's gonna be. And then like he jumps in that car. He's like, have you seen this man? Yeah. Just like, dude, Ryan Reynolds. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, he nailed it. So, so I think you're right. I think I misspoke. It can't be the next Deadpool, but I think, I think maybe Deadpool opened the way for movies like this. And hope I wanted to take. A very serious adult look at characters from the Spider-Man. Universe. I mean, because Venom, yeah. as far as I know, pretty violent, pretty mean. Look at his teeth. A lot of the time, yeah, just not exactly like a nice. Yeah, guy. and I would love like another good like. I mean, Suicide Squad had that potential. Have you seen Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad had the potential, but it wasted. No, I did not see it. Oh, dude, I could go on and on. I'm gonna go on, uh, on record and say I don't like Suicide Squad. It was a terrible movie. That's all I'm gonna say. That is a that is a daring opinion. <laughs> I know a, a like, lot of I, people feel that way, but I I agree. Like, the, but that could you were right in that it could have been so much more. They were playing it safe with that movie, and just like why were you playing? Like, Jeez. like try to do something. I hope one if Wonder Woman's not good, mm-hmm. they're just screwed. <laughs> like they really they're setting themselves up for the Justice League with all bad movies. And like that's gonna be hard to pull off. It's gonna be rough. Yeah, that's, that is not gonna like no one's gonna like at least with Avengers, some of the like Captain America vs. Avenger didn't really like. It, it gets great. better with more installments, I think. <laughs> Iron Man was awesome. Iron Man 2, not really. Yeah. Thor was okay. And then that was kind of it, I think. Maybe I'm missing a movie. They did like Ant Man and they did Well this is I'm talking first Avengers. Oh, oh, but like oh, they got sorry. you hyped for the first Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the first Avengers movie was like yeah. amazing. It, it was showed in it, the box office too. It yeah. really did a good job. That would that gave me hope for all of Marvel. 
yeah. that movie where I was just like, wow, like I don't like Marvel, I but I love the MCU. Sure. Nothing about DC has made me feel that way. And yeah. I'm I'm a big DC fanboy. Batman, he's my boy. Like me and Bruce go like way back. And I I mean I mean it. Me and Mr. Wayne and like I um I even liked you know, I even liked Ben Affleck in it, you know? Yeah. I like Ben Affleck a lot, but like it was so bad. It was so bad. I hate everything about DC. Like I'm, I mean honestly like Marvel's just been doing it right with like their Netflix stuff and like they're like they've been showing up in all the yeah, right places. They it's really have. Just, Marvel's made better dark superheroes than DC. And like that's a shame that like Marvel just owns everything. They just they have it now. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Disney. But speaking of Netflix, um, which is like it's not a fair segue because I did it myself. I like set it up myself. Well, I'm, I'm proud anyway, of you. Speaking I'm of proud Netflix, of you. Uh, they, there was an announcement that The Witcher is getting a show on Netflix. Which how much do you know about The Witcher? I I played The Witcher. I love The Witcher, but it's so. And I'm excited for the show because The Witcher is the only game. It's like the game I've been asking for for years. I'm like, I want open world, so many options, uniqueness, like nerve, like all this cool stuff. And then I got it, and I was like, "This is overwhelming. It's too much. It is so, almost too much." So I really love. I really loved my time with The Witcher Three, but I there was no way I could commit enough time to really know the game intimately. I would needed like a vacation, yeah. like like a couple days, and then like and I say have my like, like like have like my wife be like like kind of just away, <laughs> not away, but like be like you can, I also I'll say you needed it not no not, not not that it's. <laughs> It's just I would need like some space. Yeah, yeah. And like, cause it's just such a commitment. Like I couldn't do that with like with what I got right now. And this coming from someone like I played you know 120 hours of Persona Five like two weeks ago. Like I I I don't know what it was about me that couldn't get into slash finish The Witcher, but I love the universe and I love Geralt and I I love like all the characters that he interacts with. I think they're really interesting. I think they have really full personalities. They're not. There's no character that you meet that isn't more than just one side. Yeah. There's no character that you meet that is, like, you know, a part of the plot that is just a quest giver or just a, you know, they they all have personalities and ambitions and they're striving for it. And, like, it feels very much like a universe that could thrive on TV. Absolutely. I mean, the quest, I've never doing one quest and... I didn't realize it was, it's not linear. Like I like, I like summoned a plague wraith or something. Mm-hmm. And like, I could have like stopped it earlier and like I didn't. And I, like, I really messed up, but like, that's so cool. <laughs> like I'm excited. Yeah. As someone who's like barely played the game. Yeah. And like, can't, and I'm like so intimidated by like how much there is. Mm-hmm. There's endless possibilities. And my brother who has been on this podcast before, like is a massive fan of the Witcher. And like, I, I haven't talked to him about this, but I'll have to see what he thinks because, like, this is this is where some of my great loves combine. I know that The Witcher is a book series before it is a game series, but, like, I know The Witcher well because they have made significant investments in making it one of the more powerful gaming franchises in recent years. Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt won, like, a lot of Game of the Year awards. And the DLC was just, like, another game. the DLC game. was amazing, and the, the storytelling is amazing, and the universe is amazing, and, like, everything about it is amazing. It's so fun. For me, it's like, my, it's, like, Netflix and gaming coming together in a way that, like, just makes me tingle all over. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I think it could be very good. I'm very excited for it. And, and it's just another example, we don't need to get into this again, of Netflix knowing the game and playing it well. You know what I mean? They yeah. they are getting series, they are getting individual like, you know, unique properties and they are they are doing their best to make something out of them and I think that's like they're doing a really good job. Netflix is a good company. Speaking um, of Netflix and original series that I'm oh, excited about. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's I'll, go on. I'll let you open this one off. Let's go on to the last story of the day with it, which is really it's it's nothing it's <laughs> but it, it's like not really a story i just want to talk about master of none mm-hmm. so badly i haven't seen it tell me about it okay sell it to me because i've seen i love his i saw him live and uh is he's on sorry yeah and he's yeah. hilarious so the first season of master of none is great it's really interesting um master of none as a whole takes a takes a hard look at kind of our generation how we interact how we um like the kind of lives that a lot of people try and lead uh, and they they're very the, the show's very honest about it 
like, you know, racism and, like, dating and, um, you know, like, just trying to be friends in, in a world that, like, so much of social interaction is, is like online and stuff like that. It's, it's just a really interesting and you know, it's still a comedy, a comedy for the most part, but like you really feel strongly connected to the characters in the story. Um, and then season two, which, which came out only a little while ago, I started watching. It is some of the best television on Netflix. Really? That's a huge thing to say. And like, it's a huge claim, but like, there are things that they do both with cinematography and with editing and, like, leaving... There's So, just an example, not to spoil anything, but at the end of a recent episode, they leave a shot for, like, a full, like, two minutes. It's just, like, a shot of the character in the back of a car. No dialogue, nothing's happening, a song is playing, and the character's just sitting there. And it really... And something just happened like around that character like something just happened in his like dating life and you're he's just sitting there like you can see on his face like he's not sure how to feel he's like he's struggling with all of his emotions at the same time he's like he wants this but he knows it's like not uh, the right way to do things because this other character is involved and like you really like you really feel like the all the awkwardness of dating and all the awkwardness of of adult interaction and like adult relationships and you feel it for the full two minutes and at any point they could have cut it at any point they could have been like 30 seconds that's all they need get a but like they play the full ride back to his apartment and like it it allows you to really feel in tune with that character and they i don't know it's just i haven't finished season two yet it's incredible i highly recommend it. that's pretty cool though because it let you it lets you sink it in yeah, yeah i mean how 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 often does a show provide that kind of experience yeah, yeah. i can't say anything that sounds really awesome yeah i'm, I'm super excited about it and i the reason I bring it up is because if anyone is listening, including you, <laughs> if anyone is listening who is not who hasn't started, you know, getting into Master of None on Netflix, you have to. It's very good. And like I know I've set the bar high now with expectations, but like, I'm probably gonna hate it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, this sucks. But like seriously, I highly recommend it. I really hope that you, that I get a bunch of tweets or a bunch of conversation about it in my in my Twitter feed. Because I, I want to know that other people are watching this too. And I, I think Aziz Ansari is, the, is one of the creators of the show. And he's, I'm pretty sure, like an executive producer or like a... Um, it sounds like Louie with like... Have like, you seen the show Louie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah, like kind of like that with yeah. like Aziz Ansari. Kind of like real, almost like slice of life stuff. But like he's, he's, tr- he's playing um, a small time actor in New York. Oh, like okay. that's that's like his job. He's not playing like himself. Whereas yeah. like in Louis, it felt very much like he was playing like Louis C.K. He is, yeah. yeah. He's like what happens in his daily life. Yeah. I guess I don't know. It's a pretty funny show. Yeah. I haven't seen like a lot. I've seen like I watched all season one. I really liked it, and then I just didn't pick it back up. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's all I got for today. Yeah. Any other news stories you want? Anything else you've been doing, watching, playing? That you um, want to talk about? It's okay if the answer is no. Just, you know. No, I just, I've been reading a lot. I, yeah. I just read the original story of Beauty and the Beast. And, like, Disney did it better. I just want to say yeah. that right now. Yeah, I just read it. <laughs> and, like, it was, I've been, like, talking to people about that because of how different it is mm-hmm. and how, like, out there it is. I, I recommend everyone look it up. It's by, like, Gabe, Gabriel's, or Gabriel something, mm. something, something. Look it up. Sure. It's got, an like, a huge last name. But um, very interesting. I've, I haven't been reading. I know. I think I talked about it on a previous episode. I, I got American Gods. I was reading it a little bit. Um, it's really it's really wild at first. Like, it's pretty interesting. Um, I, I want to finish reading it eventually and get into the TV show because I've heard some pretty good yeah. things about it. Uh, some pretty, I've heard some mixed things about it, but overall positive. I don't want to check it out. The author of American Gods is now apparently uh, an official co-author and co-editor of uh, Song of Ice and Fire for the Neil, books. Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman, yeah. yeah. I was reading about that, and that's like, pretty exciting. He also, have you seen the movie Coraline? Yeah, yeah, he wrote, yeah that's what we talked about. Yeah, 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 he, yeah pretty yeah, cool. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, so, um, and then as far as, I want to talk about some music. I've been listening to the the soundtrack to Tales from the Borderlands. I like oh, There are, like, five or six songs involved in that game. Each one is, like, attached to a chapter of the game. Mm-hmm. They're all awesome songs. They, they're they all, like, well, they all fit with the chapter of the story very well. I, if you just, like, go on Spotify or go on Google and, like, look up those, like, five or six songs, they're awesome. Dude, one uh, <laughs> one game that has a really good soundtrack, yeah. Hotline Miami. Do you yeah, ever play that? Dude, I will, I, when I'm cleaning the house, I mm-hmm. start, I, like, make a playlist just of the, my favorite songs. Yeah, and I'm just, like, da 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 
Yeah, yeah, and no, that's pretty really cool. It's, that's pretty awesome. But anyway, I think that's where we should probably end it this week. I asked on Twitter for a few questions only about like 20 minutes or half hour before we started. So unfortunately, I don't think anyone got a chance to get back to me yet. I'm going to try and give you guys out there some more advanced notice for so that we can get some listener questions in and talk about some stuff that, that you guys want to talk about. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for joining us here. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Nerds Podcast. You can follow me at Jack is Gaming, and you can follow Austin on his Tumblr at Kai Kiger. It's Ki- it's K Y G E R A. So it's kaijera.tumblr.com. Do you want to explain that name? Oh, my name's Austin Kiger, so it's my last name with my first initial. There we go. Yeah, so that's an easy way to remember. Yeah, so yeah. K Y G E R A dot dot com. I'll be putting a lot of new content on there, just like what I'm talking about, yeah, what, I'm, what I, I'm feeling for the day. I checked it out before you got a little bit of like some video game stuff, I think, and some um, some comic stuff. Yeah, so and a lot of I, I just I do a huge post about uh, HBO's uh, Game of Thrones been Austin. Yeah, so right, I'm pretty man. excited about cool. that. So yeah, go check that out uh, and let Austin know what you think. Um, so again, thank you so much for joining us and uh, keep gaming. Yeah.